In this episode, I'll talk about ways to measure your success, even if you don't compete. It's so helpful to measure your progress so you know where you are and what you need to work on. Even more importantly, so you can realize just how far you've come. So here we go, episode 130, Measure Your Progress. Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony. Because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. A student um, had asked me to do a podcast on this subject, and I can't remember if she emailed me or if it was on Facebook (laughs) or where it was, but um, there was a request for this topic. Uh, And what she said is, you know, I don't compete, but how do I still measure my progress even if I'm not competing? Or how do I measure my success? And so I think it is a really good topic because it is so important to measure success. And if you are interested in this, then you might also like episode 103 on this podcast, which is called What Does Success Look Like? Uh, I also wanted to say here at the beginning that I love getting requests for podcast topics. So the best way to get them to me in a way that I can uh, find them again later (laughs) is to send me an email. So karen at dressagenaturally.net and just put podcast topic in the subject line and then it'll make it really easy for me to find it again easily. Okay, so let's get into it. Now, when I think about measuring success, I think about there being internal and external ways of measuring, right? So we can think, did I clearly do the thing, right? Was it a clean round? Was it a clean test? But you can also think about how did it feel or how easy or hard was it to accomplish? What was your or your horse's mental state? You know, most people don't realize you get to choose how you measure your success. And it's really helpful and satisfying to measure. You may be pleasantly surprised. And if you're not, you'll still be much clearer about what you need to work on. It's important to have your own ways of measuring success, even if you do compete. I mean, especially in dressage where it's definitely a little bit subjective. Uh, you can you can get wide, unfortunately, some widely varying results or placings, even if you have a similar ride. You can have a bad show and then three months later have a great show, but you still placed higher in the show that you would have said was the bad one than you did in the one where your horse is giving it his all. So there's so many factors in competing when you start thinking about placings or scores, uh, even the same judge is gonna be slightly different. I mean, it's sad to say that, but you know, it's true. So you wanna make sure you're starting out by measuring things that are more objective, right? So you can definitely do a test 
and and say, I didn't make any mistakes, right? My changes were clean. Things happened at the letter. letter. Uh, my horse never um, broke gate <laughs> at the times. You know, he didn't hop into the canter and is lengthening. So things that are actually indisputable. You know, you want to start by measuring things like that. I mean, I did a lot of competing back in the day. And if I, um, if I measured my training success or my confidence based on scores, you know, that could be, that could be really confusing. Right? And I got plenty of good scores, but even the good ones, it's like, sometimes you'll get good scores and you know, on the inside or in the relationship between you and your horse, it wasn't that great. So I love the idea of setting your own ways to measure. With that said, putting a competition on the calendar is kind of a great way to remember to do something like that. So that's the really cool thing about competing is you have to plan ahead. You got to put it on the calendar and then, you know, there on that day, something's going to happen in a regulation size space. And you're going to do this thing that's set out in front of you and you're going to get some results. You're going to, and you'll be able to, in your mind, you are going to be comparing it to everybody else around you and things that you did before. So I think the competition creates this great way to measure, but we have to look in it and go, well, what is it about the competition that's making me measure stuff? Is it that I'm doing a test at a certain time that I set for myself? Is it that people are watching? Is it the judges? Is it the scores? Is it the placings? Like what, what part of that do you want to measure? Because some of those things are actually recreatable without the competition. Like just the power of putting a date on the calendar as if it's a show, as if it's a competition and go, okay, I'm going to look ahead of my calendar three weeks from now on Friday at two o'clock, I'm going to run through this dressage pattern, or I'm going to run through whatever it is you're working on. I'm going to do the thing. I'm going to do the thing. You don't even have to be practicing dressage tests, right? So this is the part where you get to choose what you want to measure. So you could say, my thing that I want to measure is I'm going to do a solo trail ride, right? So that's the thing that I want to measure my progress. How is my horse? Can I do a solo trail ride and have it work out well for whatever you get to define what, what well means, right? Right. It, what was, and that's where I said before, it's like, you know, what's the thing you're going to do? And what's your measure of success? It's like, whoa, I didn't get bucked off. Wow. I'm a rock star. Right. <laughs> that could be it. It could be that you do the solo trail ride and your horse doesn't jig all the way home. You could do a solo trail ride and your horse feels like more forward and motivated or doesn't have separation anxiety or, or, or. I think the point is to sit yourself down and go, you know, what is the thing that I'm trying to accomplish and what are, what are, you know, what is success going to look like, right? So if you know 
what it is you're trying to measure and you know the thing is that you want to do, then you can also then better break that down into other chunks, right? So we can say, what's the, in dressage, we have levels. We have, you know, training level, first level, second level, third level, fourth level, and then pre-St. George, intermediate, one and two, and then Grand Prix. So you might have the goal of, I want to be a Grand Prix rider, but guess what? You're probably going to start at some lower level, right? We don't just jump in and do that. Most people aren't just jumping in and doing Grand Prix as their first ride or their first competition. So even if your uh, goal uh, that you want to measure is your ability to go on a solo trail ride in a calm way and, you know, list your criteria of what you're going to be measuring, it might start with um, riding around the property without your horse calling to another horse, or it could be going on a trail ride with your horse's favorite security blanket buddy, right? And you can set all these other things and find the easiest place to have success as defined by you, find the easiest version to do that and do that and measure that until you go, ah, this is in the bag. Every time I go out with this other person on this particular trail, like it's no problem. It was a little sketchy at first. Now it's no problem. And it's consistently no problem. And I know how to set myself up so that I can make sure it's not going to be a problem to the best of my ability. Great. Check that off. You've measured it. Now what's the next step? It's like, okay, I can do it there, but can I do this other trail? Same buddy, (laughs) you know, or use the same trail and a different buddy, whatever it is. So when we start measuring, it often causes us to think a little more clearly and think in more tangible, literally measurable ways, right? So something you can write down. And then, like I mentioned before, you can also think about how did it feel, right? So uh, did it feel energized? Did it feel calm? Did you feel... Um, you know, do you want to feel not anxious? Do you want to feel like you can think (laughs) during it? Do you want to feel exuberance? You know, do you want to feel excited and adrenaline rush? Like what do you want to feel? And you get to choose what's your definition of success for your horse and your, whatever it is, the thing that you want to do. And the how easy or hard it is, um, you know, I think I think it's important to not discount success, even if it was like, "Ooh, had to really focus on that one," right? Because it's a stage that you go through, right? It's it's like, okay, I got it done, but ooh, man, I I couldn't I couldn't relax for a second. I had to really like stay on it. I had to really stay focused. I couldn't get fuzzy brain for a split second. And then, but there's other days you're like, oh my gosh, I totally spaced out and my horse, my horse saved me. I mean, I've had that happen. I've been in the middle of the, in the middle of a dressage test and I'm like halfway across the diagonal doing my two tempies. And I'm like, oh, I wasn't counting. <laughs> I totally spaced out. And then I get, go back and I get the test and later look at the video. I'm like, oh, cool. Did the right number. Right. So that was like, oh, my gosh, my my tempies were so easy that I could space out in the middle of them and still like nail it. 
And there's other times when it's going to be hard, but you might just get it done anyway. Now, when we say easy, hard, you know, whenever, well, when I, nobody complains about easy, but if I say hard, you know, then there's some people whose brain is going to go, oh, you shouldn't be hard on your horse. Like they're picturing it was hard, meaning I had to really wrestle with my horse and dig my spurs in and pull in his mouth. No, sometimes you can have a lot of harmony and have a really good result, but you just know like how much focus, how much concentration, how you had to be like right there and you had to really, you know, keep the other options kind of closed off or whatever it is, but your horse might not think that that was hard. You know, it was hard because you had to be like 10 times better than your best, but you got it done. So the kind of hard you know, we don't, the kind of difficulty we don't want to have is it ain't working and we're trying to like scrape it together and pretend that it's working when it's really clear it's not working, right? So in, in jumping, that becomes really clear. It's the horse that's like refusing or crashing through every single fence. It's like, okay, that's too hard. (laughs) it's so hard that it's, it's not really happening. Right. And so that would be, you know, your horse refuses, then crashes through it, refuses and crashes through it. Chances are that rider is going to go up, excusing myself, right? This is too hard right now for whatever reason. I don't know, but it's too hard. In dressage often, unfortunately, because we don't have any fences to crash through. Sometimes we're having a ride that's equivalent, or not us, (laughs) not we, (laughs) you know, some people, (laughs) Uh, there is a possibility of a circumstance where things are going the equivalent of crashing through fences, but because there's no fences to crash through, everybody just keeps going. So that would be the kind of quote unquote hard or difficulty or challenge. I'd say that's not more. It's like, pull the plug. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) Don't keep measuring that. We already know it's not working. Another thing you can measure is, you know, you and your horse's mental state during the thing. So it's kind of connected to maybe the easy or hard or, you know, the, the criteria you put in there, you know, can, you could say, I want to be able to ride my first level test and, uh, be so confident that I'm not worried about going off course. Like, I just want to, I want that feeling that I totally know where I'm going. And I'm, I'm barely having to think about that because I've practiced so much. I've memorized the test. I know it inside out. And so I barely even have to think about it. Like, that's a mental state. Like, I want to have a goal that I feel confident about where I'm going through the whole pattern. Like, that's, that's something you can measure because you can, you can, you can write down that question and remember to ask yourself afterwards, how was that? Right. And you can report back, you know, so I could, you know, go through a test and think, yeah, totally. No problem. It was just after the free walk. I always have to remind myself, you know, when the, when the trot transition comes up (laughs) or which letter to go to at the free walk or something like that. But I, I remembered it, you know, (laughs) so you could report back. You can, you can, you can define, did you get lost once, twice, three times? How quickly were you able to then review and remember where you went? 
And the same for your horse. Like, how was your horse's attentiveness during your ride? Was he on you? Was he in the external? Was he looking really around the environment, but still able to pay attention to you? Because that's possible too. So thinking about you know, all those different aspects of, of mental state calmness, but that, you know, we don't, you know, I talk a lot about relaxation, but it's not the only emotion. So we can, we can be in a calm, happy state, but also be like, <laughs> like maybe you want your horse to feel like he's, he's like, you let me at it, you know, depending on what you're doing. Right. You want, I want him to attack those jumps. I want him to take me to those jumps, or I want my horse to really wait and be patient, calm whatever it is. <laughs> I feel like a little bit like I'm repeating myself, but like you get to choose. It's all right. The one thing uh, when I'm helping people with finding the sweet spot, I'll set them up with asking them to, to find their adjectives, right? So before you go out with your horse, what adjectives do you feel or do you want to feel, right? So dressage is just so much less clear than jumping. We know I cleared it. I didn't clear it. So when we, when we get into more, um, uh, touchy feely sort of things, you know, you can think about what adjectives do you want to use to describe how your horse moves? Do you want it to feel more springy or less springy? You want to feel smoother or, um, more dramatic and cadence. Do you want your horse to be, um, you know, more, um, brilliant or less <laughs> brilliant, more calm and methodical. You know, what are, what are the adjectives that you would like to feel more of what, and you can even think less of what, but I like to put things in, in the positive. So have those adjectives floating around in your mind. It's a less, um, objective thing. Although if you tell, you know, somebody around you like, Hey, I'm, I'm looking for my horse to feel more, uh, cadence and springy, then I'll bet you they'll agree with you. If you go, Oh, my horse felt more springy just then. And they'd be like, yeah, it looked more springy too. So some things that seem like maybe they're not so tangible actually can be if you have them in the front of your mind. Now, other ways to measure at home without a competition uh, are to just create patterns, right? I said before, you can ride the pattern without it being in the competition, but you don't even have to ride the whole test. Like you can, you can ride just a short pattern, but you have to be really clear. So often after I warm up, I'll stop and then I'll think, okay, <laughs> what am I going to do? And if it's a real gymnastic focus, then I'll probably stop and I'll go, okay, I'm going to go down the long side at E. I'm going to, you know, at the first letter, I'm going to do an eight meter circle. And then, uh, two letters later, I'm going to do an eight meter, um, like demi volte with the slight haunches in position, work on more collectability. And then I'm going to half pass back to the wall. And then I'm going to do transition over here whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is. It could just be down the long side, 20 meter circle transition to the stretchy circle at the, on the short side, back up to working. And then I'm going to go, you know, walk at H you can make stuff up. So we actually have a whole, um, course called, um, 
prepare for perform perfect and um and in that we you know it's, it's to help people prepare for competition but we talk about this a lot in it of like you you can make your own patterns in the upward spiral course i tempt people to um, take three different movements or exercises and kind of mix and match like take flashcards and you know, put them in a different order and go, okay, I'm going to walk and then I'm going to circle and then I'm going to stretch. Okay. And then I'm going to try it again. I'm going to stretch and then I'm going to circle. And then I'm going to walk. <laughs> so you get to make it up. But the, the important part is to be precise, right? It's an eight meter circle at that letter. Or if you don't have letters, that's okay. It's an eight meter circle at that tree. Or if you don't know what eight meters is, it's like, I'm going to make a circle starting at that tree and going just outside that pile of poop. (laughs) So, and then, you know, hopefully the tree and the pile of poop isn't moving. You can go, okay, now I'm going to do it in the other direction. And then watch where your feet go. Can you get the same size circle in both directions? Or when you turn at the tree going track right, does he turn immediately? But when you're going track left, oh, it takes like three more strides before he actually turns. So don't let a lack of an arena with mirrors and letters and regulation sizing stop you from creating patterns. So I regularly ride in the field and I use trees and I use piles of poop and I use, you know, whatever um, lines from the mower. So on that day, maybe you don't know how many meters it was, but if it's a immovable object, then you know you can practice it more than once and you can practice it the same thing in different directions, right? And you can measure like, oh, I keep cutting into the pile of poop when I'm in to go out. (laughs) I can't believe I'm mentioning piles of poop on my podcast. Anyway, we're horse people. (laughs) It's okay, right? (laughs) Anyway, so don't let a lack of a dressage arena limit yourself. And if it's something that you do want to measure, then it just takes a little bit of advanced planning. Go get a tape measure, walk out to the field, measure the distance (laughs) from the tree and put something down on the ground or put some spray paint or, you know, whatever it is that you can mark something. And uh, then, you know, okay, there's, that's what a 10 meter circle is like. So find patterns, make them up or find them in the tests. Videoing yourself can be another great way to measure progress, right? Video yourself, commit to videoing, videoing yourself at least, well, you can do it however often you want, but if you do it on a regular basis, that can be super fun. Even if it's just once a month, you know, once a month after three months, hopefully you're gonna see a difference or just set that video camera up and just take little clips. I have so many students in the courses who do lots of videoing and they'll send me short clips and it's so helpful. You can really see the progress and often they, you know, they'll, it's normal human nature that when you look at your own video, you're going to see all the stuff that's not working. Oh, still doing that. Oh, my left arm is still doing this. That's normal. Uh, it's okay. Use it to do something positive. Uh, but then what'll happen is I'll say, you know, after six months or so, I'll be like, you should go back and look at that first video again. And often they're like, oh my gosh, I hadn't noticed 
everything that, that changed in a positive way. So busy focusing on everything that still needs to change. But go back and make yourself look for what did improve. Friends are another great way to measure your progress, right? Have, have a trusted friend whose opinion <laughs> you like, you know, if they haven't seen you ride in a while, maybe they haven't seen you in three months, you know, ride with them again. I'll bet you they'll be able to see all the progress that you've made. And, you know, you can either just get the general impression like, oh my God, her neck is so much more muscly or whatever it is, or oh my God, her strides are so much more fluid. You know, they'll give you the, the snapshot of the difference, but you can also set them up and go, Hey, I've been really working on, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. Um, can you, you know, come watch me ride or just stand there. Can you watch me ride while I do this pattern and practice this test? And then have them come back later. So friends work um, for accountability, if nothing else. It's like, hey, let's meet once a month or every two weeks and ride together and practice our fill in the blanks. It's so helpful if you if you have a good one, right? Not one that's going to start teaching if you don't want to be taught or trying to show off with everything they know, but just go, hey, here's what I've been playing with. And that they'll, when you ask them for their opinion or to watch you, they will. You know, so you, you can work that out. <laughs> I actually have a video in the classroom about um, the art of riding with a friend. <laughs> Another way to measure your progress without necessarily competing is through clinics, especially if it's a clinic with the same clinician. So uh, if the same clinician comes to your area and you've already vetted them and they're uh, somebody that you trust and you value their opinion, uh, and depending on their teaching style, but that could be another, again, another accountability piece. It's some, it's a date on the calendar. And if they remember you and, and then they, they can notice, you know, and you're also clear about what you would like to show them or if they're open to that, but that can be a really nice way to measure your progress, get a valued and trusted opinion, just like you would from a judge, but it's a little more flexible and a little less performancey, and you get a chance to improve things <laughs> in the moment, hopefully. Hey everyone, a quick message to let you know about a really exciting limited time opportunity for learning at no extra cost. So now you've heard me rave about the video classroom. It's my video training library, and it's where you go to see this podcast in action with videos on pretty much everything that I teach. But for May, June, and July, we are going to be doing extra monthly live Q&A calls, and anyone who's in the classroom gets to attend at no extra cost. We've never offered this before, so it's a pretty cool opportunity. So this is such a great time to be able to speak with a real person, to get your questions answered, either about a particular video that you watched or a challenge that you're having with your horse. Now the video classroom, I think, is always the best deal. And for May, June, and July, it is going to be amazing. So go to dressagenaturally.net slash classroom and start your subscription today. 
there's always a one week free trial to check it out. Again, dressagenaturally.net slash classroom. Okay, now back to the pod. So one of the themes here with with whatever method that you choose to measure your progress, it's going to involve taking stock. It's going to involve making a conscious effort to decide that you would like to be more aware of the progress you're making. Some people can just sort of hold that in their head and some people need to write it down. I think there's a a lot of power in writing it down and it does take practice. You know, I, I find when I would start journaling, I'd write down lots of stuff and a lot of it ended up not really um, <laughs> being that important, you know, sort of necessary to do at the time or I wanted to write it at the time. But as you practice it, you're going to start realizing what sorts of things you need to write down. And of course, I have the Happy Athlete Progress Journal you can find in the Dressage Naturally web shop. If you want a little guidance um, to learn what sort of questions to ask yourself, but you can do it on a piece of paper too. If, you know, for this um, for this purpose of measuring your success, of just write it down. Go what what is the success that you want to measure? What is going to help you know that you did progress? And get really really specific about it. Right. So what's the thing? What's the um, internal and external parts of it, right? What is the thing that you want to measure? What's the internal factor? How, you know, make sure you take stock of how you want it to feel and the external. What exactly? How large is that circle? (laughs) What are the patterns you're doing? Exactly what are the criteria that you're measuring? All right. Well, I hope that that helps. And once again, as always, I love uh, ideas for podcasts. And every now and then you'll see me share a link where you can record a question that you'd like me to answer on the podcast. So keep your eyes out. I sort of do that randomly, (laughs) usually on Facebook, uh, sometimes in my email. Uh, So yeah, keep the ideas coming. Always happy to help. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process.